Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a teaching with TBA rabbinic resident Jackie Honig. I am so excited for this. So in there are so many moments when you go to rabbinical school where people are like, did you always know you wanted to do this? What brought you here? And I have a story, but I think so often I look back at little things and I'm like, oh, that was the moment that someone should have known. And I think it was like 10 years ago, maybe. Um, I don't even remember when, when like people are like, what's your favorite Jewish holiday? And my answer consistently for a great number of years has now been Shemini Atzeret, which is not like a normal response to that question. I think you will get like Simchat Torah, but you often get Purim or Passover, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. But like most people don't go, I love Shemini Atzeret. Like, we should have known that. Um, so this opportunity is really exciting for me to get to talk about something that I love and feel passionate about and also makes most people go, wait, what? Um, so I just want to pull the crowd now that there are is more than just Paula to put on the spot. Um, what do you, where are people at with Shemini Atzeret? Like when I say Shemini Atzeret, what do people think? What do people know? What are your associations? It could be, I have no idea what you're talking about. It could be confusion. There are no right or wrong answers here. I think about Yisker. Yeah. Yisker, Taibo. Um, I think a lot more about the Atzeret part than the Shmini part. Okay. Cool. And I've come to learn that it's its own separate holiday, right? It's not just tagged on at the end of Sukkot. It's its own day. Right. So it's, it's, so that was like the perfect, Paul is not a plant, I promise, but that was the perfect, it's its own holiday. And it's so interesting because it, it, it's counted with Sukkot. It's the eighth, Shmini is eight, comes from eight. So it's like the eighth day, but it's also its own holiday. So like, what gives? Um, so today I have kind of two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about the what, like what actually might Shemini Atzeret be or not be. Um, there's this really interesting mahlokit, this argument for the, like, of what is it really? And then I actually also really want to talk about so what? Like, what does it matter? What is this holiday? Where do we find meaning in this thing that, like, Cantor belovedly called a half holiday at the end. Like, really, what do we do with this? Um, so on your source sheet, the first one is this is where it comes from. This, like, really, um, I'll read it in English. The first day shall be, so it's talking about Sukkot to start with, just for some context. I guess I could have brought the, the one before, sorry, the verse before. The first day shall be a sacred occasion. You shall not work at your occupations. Seven days you shall bring offerings by fire to the Lord. On the eighth day, you shall observe a sacred occasion and bring an offering by fire to the Lord. It is a solemn gathering. You shall not work at your occupations. So in the Hebrew, So on the eighth day, it's a holy, it will be holy for you. Okay, so we have this holiday that some it's somewhat singled out and also is the eighth day. And so... Maybe it's the same, maybe it's separate. And we see this through, this is, will continue through our liturgy, through, not through, well, it is in the liturgy. There are some hints in the liturgy, um, but through halachic sources that what, what is it? So we have the next thing I've brought is Shulchan Aruch. So is Rav Yosef Karo is a Sephardic 
halachic source. It is used by Jews all across the world at this point, but it's coming from a Sephardi culture. And then on top of the Shulchan Aruch, you have the Ramah, who's the Ashkenazic gloss. So when customs differ between Ashkenaz, between sort of at the time, Western European, but we often think of as Eastern European Jews and Sephardic Jews from Spain, the Ramah will come in and say, like, we do it this way. So here we have the order of the prayers on the eighth night, night and day to Se'ivim. So Shulchan Aruch has two things to say to us about Shemini Atzeret. That's it. Whole books dedicated to Sukkot. You get two paragraphs about prayer on Shemini Atzeret. One, on the night of Shemini Atzeret, we say in the Amidah, and you gave us this eighth day as a festival of Atzeret. So if you're used to saying the Amidah, or you say Ya'alevi Avo, we still have it at Yom Shemini Chag HaAtzeret Hazat. And we still use this to today. So that's the Sephardic answer. Here's a separate thing. We say, we have one for Sukkot that we say differently in Ya'alevi Avo, and we say it differently in Birkat HaMazon. And here we get something new for Shemini Atzeret, which also is said on Simchat Torah, we keep it the same. So the Ramah then says, we do not refer to the eighth day as a festival because there is nowhere in Torah that it is called a festival. Rather, we say the eighth day of Atzeret. So he says, Ela Omrim, Yom Shmini Atzeret. We don't call it Chag Hatzeret. We just call it Shmini Atzeret. Outside of Israel, they eat in the sukkah at night and during the day because it might be the seventh day. They do not bless on this sitting. We say Kiddush Meshachachianim. So here's a couple, in these just short paragraph, we get like three really interesting pieces. So first, we get this really interesting thing that like Ashkenazim and Sephardim back in the day felt differently about it. Rav Yosef Karo says, it's a holiday. It's its own thing. It's a holiday on its own. And the Ramah comes in and says, we don't treat it that way. We call it something different, but it's not a Chag. Then we have the question of outside of Israel. So many of our holidays, all of our holidays, except Rosh Hashanah, which is confusing because we just did that, all of our holidays that are one day in Israel are two days outside of Israel, in case we may have miscounted. So on Pesach, they do one Seder and we do two Seders and we have two full days of Chag. So what do we now do? The seventh day, according to the Torah, is holiday. So the eighth day outside of Israel should be holiday. But also now it's its own holiday. So is it the holiday day? Is it Shemini Atzeret? What do we do? And I've brought some other stuff about, about specifically about sitting in the sukkah. But that's a question. So is it Sukkot 8? Is it Shemini Atzeret? What's happening? So the Ramah gives, they don't bless on this. So normally you would say the bracha that ends L'Shev Basukah. And so the compromise is we sit in the sukkah in case we've miscounted but we don't say a bracha on it because it's really not Sukkot anymore. And the last piece that gives us a hint that it's its own holiday is that we say a Kiddush with Shehachianu. So on most holidays, the, so for example, Pesach, which is the other, it, the Gemara compares Sukkot and Pesach because they both have Chalamoed in the middle. On the last days of Pesach, you don't say Kiddush with Shehachianu because it's still for sure part of Pesach. So another hint is that the Halacha decided that there's, when you say Kiddush, you say Shehachianu. So you're saying this is a new holiday. Thank you for bringing me here. So that was a lot. I'm going to pause if there are thoughts or questions or anything other than like, wait, I don't understand because the Halacha is confusing. Taiwo. Um, and I'm trying to look, and I'm not succeeding. Is there 
You brought Vayikra, but there's also Bamidbar 29, 35 to 38. Are they exactly the same thing, or does the Hebrew differ? I don't know off the top of my head. I don't think I have Bamidbar sitting in front of me. I have, I do have Mikra Gadol, but it's a Bereshit, so it is not. Oh, wait. Um, I have, this is what I have sitting here, because what I have for school, I have a Jewish study Bible and Bereshit. Um, Cantor Shorty also seems to be looking. But I appreciate that you pulled up the verses. I did not bring the Devarim verses. Uh, which, which verses do you they? want to compare them to? Yeah. Um, it's Bamidbar 29, verses 35 to 38. And just my vision right now isn't going up. I was trying to go back and forth because I can't hold the books. I was trying to do it on the on Mahom Emre, and I can't. I keep losing it if it's exactly the same or not. Okay. Uh, I shall not, you shall deliver it as a day when the Mon Rosh Hashanah. Okay. Verses. Chapter 20. Oh, sorry. 29 verses, I think 35 to 38. Uh-huh. And by Yomashmini. That's it. It's just the prescription of, of the offerings. So it's, it's giving us, it doesn't necessarily, it, a little bit we can, it's actually going to come up a little bit in the piece that the Gemara, that of, of later in a little bit of the so what, it's going to come up the offerings. But as far as telling us exactly, is it Sukkot or is it its own holiday? That doesn't seem to quite help us out at all. It seems to add to the same, huh, <laughs> what might it be? Okay, I'm going to move on to the Gemara, which actually historically comes before, but I thought the Shulchan Aruch was much clearer about this distinction. So I brought the Gemara after because it's a little, it's a little Gemara when it says, some say, so it reads, some say a different version of the dispute. Everyone agrees that we do not recite the blessing. So there's a clear agreement, no blessing of Lashev Basuka on Shemini Atzeret on this eighth day. When they disagree, it is with regard to residing in the sukkah. So we all agree, if you go into the sukkah, you don't say a blessing. But the question is about, do you go into the sukkah? Some people have a particular custom on Simchat Torah to this day that they do not go into the sukkah. And there's a lot of halakhic literature on if you must use your sukkah, what do you do to make sure it's clear that it's not Sukkot? So the the disagreement is about on this eighth day, do you go in or do you not go in? But if you go in, for sure you don't say a blessing. According to the one who says that the status of the eighth day is like the seventh day, then we reside in the sukkah. So if you think that the eighth day, that Shemini Atzeret is like just the eighth day because we're in the diaspora, then you go into the sukkah. If you think that it's not, and you think that it's a totally separate holiday, the one who says the eighth day, both with regard to this and that, in, to, re, to residing and to blessing, we don't reside in the sukkah. 
And so Rav Yosef said, so they quote through and they go through all these things and they're quoting who does sit in the sukkah and who resides outside the sukkah. And the halacha is, so we get, so in Gemara, you don't always get an answer. Sometimes they'll just say teku. And I, when I was learning this, would not have been surprised with what Gemara just said. We have no idea what you do, but they actually give us the halachic answer. And the halacha is that we reside in the sukkah on the eighth day with regard to which there is uncertainty that it might be the seventh day, but we do not recite the blessing. So the rabbis of the Gemara say it's for sure not really, 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 really Sukkot to the point where we wouldn't want to say a blessing in vain, but just in case we're wrong, we're still going to sit there. So there's clearly in the time of the Gemara this like tension between what is it is its own is it separate is it Sukkot is it not, um, and so we have that, and then I'm going to bring one more piece from from Sukkah, um, in the evidence that it's its own holiday. So Rabbi Yochanan said that one recites the blessing. Um, who has given us life, sustained us, and brought us to this time on the eighth day of the festival. So he's quoting, he's quoting Shachianu, the blessing of time, Omrim Zma and Bishmini Shalchag. So we, we bless that we got to this occasion, which we only do on a new holiday. And he brings the example, like I was talking about earlier, one does not recite the blessing of time on the seventh day because it's not a festival distinct from Passover. So here he's explaining, and there's a really interesting question that I think for me really sits with me is, is Rabbi Yochanan saying this, we should do this because it's a separate holiday? Or is he saying this is what we already know that we do, and therefore we're using it as proof that it's a separate holiday? And this is a fun thing that I think Gamara does, is it doesn't always tell you which one it is. So it might be proving your point, and it might be using to prove the point. Um so there's one more piece. There's a one piece for Tillam of is this one more piece of evidence in the camp of it's its own holiday. The Levi'im in the times of the temple would recite a psalm on each day of Sukkot. And on Shemini they would recite a different one that started, Lam Natsech Al Hashmini, Mizmor David, on a psalm for the, for the leader on the, on the eighth. So we have that. Um, and I also brought a couple more, um, sources of what of how we know um the musaf offering is also different from suk all of the offerings both the holiday offering and the musaf offering are different on shmini atzeret than they are on sukkot they're totally separate um which i'll talk about later in the kind of so what um because it's i think it's really interesting the psalm is different and the kiddush is different also we get this different we get the Shahiana, but we also get um we get that same language that we saw earlier and we get that instead of our kiddush we also we say yisker as paula said which we if it was part of suko would we do it there would we do it at the beginning there's a question and we have this very cool prayer that I think, if I remember correctly, Cantor Torney really likes, I could be wrong, but I think is Geshem, is we begin our prayer for rain on Shemini Atzeret. And so it would be interesting that we would tie it. It seems strange if it's the last day. Why would we tie it to kind of the end? In Judaism, we kind of think of the beginning as the exciting part. It's new and exciting. And so it might be a little strange to tie it to the end of this very long holiday. Um, so that's sort of the the what is it 
Does anyone have any thoughts maybe now that are different about it being two separate or one more confused, less confused? Does it feel any different now, kind of knowing what it is? Yeah, Gary. Just making it the start of the the, the season, it seems it should be a transitional one. I like that, the fact that guest room starts now, as opposed to, because that means that's a separation. That makes it a, a, a special thing and allows me to uh, to say that it's a separate and you start with a, a new a new transition. Yeah, I love that you called it a transition. I want I'm going to hold on to that because I think it's really going to kick in at the end of this. But I love that that really that that is that this liturgy, this really important liturgy. Rabbi Clickfold spoke last night about rain um, in his vort on the parsha on Hazinu about rain about how sometimes rain is such a crisis and such an emergency that we need rain, that there's a whole thing about fasting for rain. And so we know that like we wouldn't hold off and it's marking the beginning of this new season. That's really crucial and really important. I like that a lot. Yeah. Cantor Tourney. I did not enjoy my experiences of Shmini Atzeret and Simchat Torah as one day in Israel. It was a frustrating collapse of that experience, um, trying to do Yizkor, trying to do Geshem, and trying to honor the feeling of Simchat Torah and everybody coming to the Torah on that one day was too many moods and too much ritual for one day uh, in my experience. And I did it in an indie minion, an independent minion in Israel once. I did it in a standard Masora tea. Minion another time, both times when I was living in Israel, I was there other times on Shemini Yatzeret. And I felt that it was too much collapse as a lived experience. So one of the things that I can appreciate about what you're saying, but I'm wrestling with as a part of the original design or not, is that I do think that it, it makes sense ritually and liturgically as a teased out holiday because its themes do seem unique and necessarily so from the ones that get celebrated on Simchat Torah. That's so interesting. So it's interesting that I unintentionally drew this distinction between Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah. Like I had come in to draw the distinction between Sukkot and Shemini Atzeret. And it's so interesting now to draw that line also between Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah, which I love. And I didn't even think about consciously, but like, I feel that like, I can't imagine I will experience it, God willing, next year, actually, terrifyingly enough. But like, I can't imagine doing that all in one day and what that feels like. Taiwo. So I had to start, a, a, get a different virtual background for this, because to me, Sukkot is primarily about the cycle of the seven species, which also speaks to starting the cycle again with Geshem. But Simchas Torah isn't, you know, that when there are always three ways to three, three, how no, how many, but three ways we slice, how, slice is not a bad, good word, three lenses for holidays, agricultural in Israel, um, historical, liturgical, I'm sure there are more. Shmini Atzeret and Sukkot, which to me are different because Sukkot is ending last cycle of seven species, even though the olive, the olive fest, the olive harvest has started, it will not be complete until Hanukkah, but we know how it's going to be in theory in Israel. Shmini Atzeret starts that and Simchas Torah is something completely different because that's, that, that's 
liturgical. It's certainly not agricultural. It's not historical in the sense that Torah isn't historical. Yeah, Simchat Torah actually comes, I, I, I tiptoed into it when I was putting this together and then I was like, that's too far of a tiptoe, like that's going to send me down a totally different um, tangent. But like where Simchat Torah comes from is also really fascinating and it has to do, I'm sure there are other sources, but the ones I read all had to do with the Satan and like tempting and it was very interesting and totally another another class is worth of material. So I'm going to, I want to come back to this question of so what. So we kind of see we have this different holiday, but like, so what? How do we how do we do this? What are we doing? What's the what's the meaning and what's the feeling in this? Um, like I said, this is my my favorite holiday. So I've got the next two sources go together. Um, Rashi Rashi is commenting on. I believe on this verse that we started with um, and he's telling a story from the Gemara. Um, You can read it if you would like. I'm going to summarize what happens. Um, The Gemara and the, and Rashi actually bring two slightly different versions of this story. So it's interesting that Rashi says this is where he's quoting from. Um, But the, but Rashi brings the story that it's like, so it comes from Atzer to hold back. And so he's saying that it's a case of a king who invited invited people for a banquet and said, come stay one more day. Don't leave yet. And so that's kind of the big picture of, of maybe it's God saying like just one more day we've been, we started this season again. There's so many places you could mark that we start this season. Um, if you have read, this is real and you're completely unprepared. You might've started a Tisha B'Av. We may have started at the beginning of Elul. We may have started at Slicho. We may have started on Rosh Hashanah. Unclear, but I will say if we started, if you start with Slichot, we started at Temple Beth Am with this concept of intimacy and distance, and we've been coming closer and closer, and we're here in this moment, and God says, don't go yet. And for me, that's so powerful that, like, here it is. Rabbi Joshua Toski spoke about how on, on Yom Kippur, where you see the judge, we sing in major key because you're approaching the creator and it's your parent in having your divine parent and that's who you're appealing to. And here we see that again. We see a God who wants to be close to us, who says, I'm not ready for you to leave. Give me one more day. I'm not a parent, but I imagine that's how parents feel. Like I imagine that's how my mom feels when I go home. Like one more day, come on, what nuke stay. And so the next, so the piece from Sukkah is very interesting. It's, it's the same story. It's where Rashi's pulling this from, but it explains it in a slightly different way. So over the holiday of Sukkot, 70 bulls are sacrificed. We'll read each morning in the Torah reading what the sacrifice was. And it ends up being 70, 70 bulls corresponding to the 70 nations. And on the eighth day, one single bull is sacrificed. The Gemara says corresponding to Israel. And it says, and and the Gemara brings a parable of a king who said, prepare a great feast for several days. And on the last day, he said to his beloved, the Gemara calls a beloved, prepare a small feast. And so it's this same story, but a little bit different. And so it's still, again, that God is seeking out the Jewish people. 
it Rashi uses Rashi uses parent and child. The Gemara uses a beloved. And either way, it's really God calling to us and saying, sit for one more day, um, which I just love, I think, for me so much. I'm going to come. The next piece is really what got me, but like way back when. But this I love that. It's, I keep saying it, but it's so powerful to me that we've spent all of this time with God. I, I know when I travel and stay with people and when I visit friends, sometimes enough is enough. I, I'm shulled out by the end of it. Maybe God is tired of us. And instead of sending us home, God says, one more day. That's all I'm asking. Um, and so the last piece is really, um, Oh, which I didn't even put a source for. So not the last piece that you have. I have a whole, I have a little piece that I didn't put in. This is my Jackie Honig magic. Um, This is what I love. So this is my like one piece of Kabbalah that I just absolutely am in love with. I love the eighth day of every holiday. Akron Shal Pesach is my favorite day of Pesach. Shemini Atzeret, I love the eighth day of Hanukkah. Because we have this concept of eight. So if we think about pop quiz, think about the number seven. What are things that come to mind when we think of the number seven, either in the world as it exists or in Judaism, sort of whatever it is, Taibo? Um, it's the only part of the calendar which is is a Jewish definition, though it's universal because everything else, a month, a day, a year, one can see from astronomy. So the seven is the the new thing. Yeah, I love that. So seven, seven days of the week, right? You're talking about that everything else. Yes. Yeah, that that it's created, right? Seven is artificially created. Um, So we've got and created arguably from creation from the seven days of creation, God created six and on the seventh day, God rested. Right. What well, else do- which which would mean that God created it too, and the whole created with words, not with clay, not with what I mean, the foundational narrative is with words, and that links to the seven. Exactly. So we've got seven there. Can anyone think of anything else that's seven? Seven Paula. species. Seven species. Yeah, the seven seven right. species in Israel. Yeah. We've also got in in things Tybal. Tybal's bringing it back. In in some like classical Jewish sources, we've got seven days before a Brit Milah. The Brit Milah happens on eight. Um, seven weeks between Pesach and Shavuot. The temple's menorah was seven branches. But these are two new ones that I learned this week when I was doing some research. Is there are seven, well, I knew that there were seven colors of the rainbow, but I never connected it. That there's also seven colors of the rainbow and there's seven notes on a musical scale. That it's considered complete when you have the seven notes. Tybal. And I don't remember, and I can't look it up, but if anyone else remembers, in the Gemara where they tell us how many female prophets there were, was that seven? That I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, let me see if I can find it. We will come back to that. So seven, so we have all these examples. So seven is considered to be this natural number. And then eight in Kabbalah is considered to be one beyond the natural order. That it's that we have the eight days of Hanukkah that like that was the I mean, every day was a miracle. And the eight is like the miracle of Hanukkah, the eighth, the seventh to some extent. And the eighth day of Pesach, it, the sea was split on the seventh day of Pesach. There's a custom that it was split on the seventh night and they crossed over. And the eighth day is this miraculous day that they were free on the other side. 
the dedication of the tabernacle was also an eight day celebration. So we have all of these things where eight is beyond. And I think for me, this has always stuck with me because it takes something beyond nature to do this one more time. By the end of Sukkot, I am exhausted. I think so many of us are, we are shuled out, we are tired and we are on this holiday, Sukkot, we are commanded to be happy, which is, a, again, a whole different lesson in and of itself. But Simchat Torah, but Shemini Atzeret and Simchat Torah, we go and we dance and we party and we sing and we drink and we are merry. And we do this from some magical something inside of us that wells up in this final day that really just takes over at least for me like it takes a lot to summon it and once i'm there it feels magical like there's no explanation for it and i think that for me is what is always stuck with me is we get this day and we get this day where god is asking god is asking us stay one more day god is coming to us and saying you are my people you are my child please give me one more day at the end of all of this and we are pushing beyond nature and saying okay let's do this one more time let's come back and let's be in it and it also i actually want to read there's one more source on here that i found that i love does someone want to read this as sort of the punchline wrap up that goes it goes well with what gary said if you want to read gary but i won't put you on the spot talking about the one with Rabbi Aaron London? Yes. So what does Shemini Aser? It's a day for us to think about everything that we just want, went through over the last, over the past month. It's a way for us to stop and to appreciate holiday. Take in all that we can. It's an opportunity to, to appreciate the extra time that we have with God. This time is a chance to appreciate, to appreciate the extra time with our friends and family. It's, it's a time. It's a time. Appreciate. It's a time. Appreciate. It's a, it's a. It is a time. Appreciate the lack of lack of routine in our lives. It is a way for us to stop, mentally prepare ourselves for what we will be coming next. For what Achaim uh, Hadim will be. So I. So like after the game, I love this. This is what it is. It's this pause for me. It I invoke and imagine this picture of a deep breath as I've spent more time in singing communities like at Beth Am. There's this beautiful moment often at Hamalot and sometimes at Sovab and all when we all sing and it comes to this incredible climax and then there's silence and everyone just stops and just takes a breath. And then continues on. And that, I think, is what this is getting to. And that's what Shemini can be for us. Instead of it having to be, oh, have to go back to shul, have to dance with the Torah, have to stand there while we listen to a beautiful Geshem, but it does make for a very long day. Have to do all of these things. It's an opportunity to sit and linger just a little bit longer. To sit and take that deep breath. Tony doesn't like the holiday. Really and gather cool. ourselves. Renewed and take a deep breath and prepare ourselves for what's next by holding on to it and by kind of drawing back in a little bit of that holiday magic and a little bit of that beyond nature and just being present. And so that's my hope for all of us, for all of you, that this Simchat Torah, maybe Shemini Yatzar Simchat Torah, you find a little more meaning and a little more place to take a breath and hold it in and hold on to that one last day with God and together in this holiday and really really enjoy it. Mm.
You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.